Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Come on, are you excited to be at the 10 a.m. service at HQ? Come on, uh, let's make some noise. Who's loved meeting at HQ for the 10 a.m.? Yeah, it's been awesome. I love it. I love that we get to do this. Uh, my name is uh, Joe Little. I'm the youth pastor here at Mission Church. I am honored, excited uh, to get to bring the word today. Uh, before uh, we get to that, though, uh, I know they're not here right now because they're at the 9 and the 11 over at Shadelands, but can we make some noise for our lead pastors, uh, Tyler and Rachel Johnson? Come on. I say it every time I get an opportunity to preach that uh, they are not normal leaders, that, that they are actually exceptional, that they are, they are amazing leaders, they're very high level leaders. And uh, I got to share this at the 9 a.m., but every single time we come into the office, uh, Pastor Ty was always talking about, oh, I was, I was praying for our church in the car, I was worshiping, and, and I just pray over our city. So can we make some noise one more time? If you love our lead pastors, Tyler and Rachel, come on. Uh, so like I said, I am the youth pastor, uh, so it would be crazy of me to not talk about our youth ministry. Uh, we've had some amazing things happen in our youth ministry. We meet on Sunday nights actually right here uh, at 6 p.m. for our middle school and high school students. Um, and God's just been doing just such amazing things. We've seen a bunch of kids come to Jesus. We've seen uh, kids getting freedom from things like anxiety and, and healing, uh, as well as we've had some opportunities to go on some school campuses and share the gospel. Um, and we've even had some students give their hearts to Jesus at schools like College Park and and just all over our city. So um, just wanted to say uh, that about our youth ministry uh, and thank you to all of our leaders. I see some of our leaders in the room uh, and we love you guys. We're super thankful. Yeah, let's give it up for our youth team, youth leaders. Awesome. And shout out to everyone watching online. Uh, love you guys. Super glad that you're watching. Uh, Mom, I think you're watching, but if not, uh, still love you. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, today, I have uh, a message um, that I'm super excited about. It's called the start of something new. Look to the person next to you and say the start. We're going to try that one more time. I know it's still early. I know that, that the coffee probably hasn't settled in. Let's try it one more time. Say the start, the start. of something new. Uh, have you ever made a mistake at work? Have you ever made a mistake at work? Have you ever, yeah, have you ever made a mistake at work? Someone in the last service uh, said, yeah, oh, my teacher said it every day. And uh, we're glad that you're still employed. Uh, we're glad that you still have your job. The favor of the Lord is on your life. Um, but uh, the things about mistake at work uh, is that sometimes they can kind of become uh, who you are. They, they begin to maybe say things. They begin to define how people see you at work. There was this one time uh, at work we were getting ready to launch our youth ministry. I was super excited. I, I, it was an amazing time. We had an amazing launch at our youth ministry. But we started off with something we called an arcade night. So what we did was we honestly cleared out everything in here and we put up obstacles and we had laser tag and we had all these different things. But I remember getting ready for it and I, I had to make some purchases. So I brought these purchases uh, to Pastor Tyler and said, hey, I think this would be really cool uh, if we got an arcade machine. 
So he approved it. I found one on Amazon for a steal, like literally a steal. Like I was like, wow, this is extremely cheap. So we, so we approved it uh, because he's gracious and he loves our students. Uh, but it got approved and I'm like telling everyone about it. So students are coming up to me. I, I coach at Berean down the street and I'm telling students, hey, you gotta come to our youth night. You gotta come to our youth night. We have an arcade machine. Like this is, this is amazing. You gotta see the arcade machine. The arcade machine is so, it's gonna be awesome. I ordered this huge arcade machine. And then the arcade machine gets delivered. And what I expected to be a huge Dave and Buster's Pac-Man machine uh, actually ended up being about yay big. Now, if you don't uh, believe me, I sent in a picture up on the screen. Can we put the picture up? Yeah, so this, so this is the uh, arcade machine that we bought. Uh, just so that you understand to scale, uh, that is a two-year-old. Um, that is a two-year-old. And he's having the time of his life. So in my mind, that's a win. That is a win indeed. You can take the picture down. They laughed way harder than, than I expected. Um, so now the joke around the office is, oh no, Joe can't order anything normal size. Like it's like, guys, it was one time. Like they're even like, who's gonna order the merch? Oh, don't let Joe do it or else our kids ministry is gonna be pimped out. Guys, guys, hey, I'll let you know. If I order merch, your kids are gonna be, they're gonna be dressed to the nine, I promise. They're gonna have, they're, they're never gonna take those hoodies off, I swear. Now, as I was reflecting on this story, the reason why I share this story is because I, I get asked a lot, hey, how's youth going? How's, how's the youth ministry? And I think about how crazy it would be if you were to ask me, hey, hey, how's, how's the youth ministry going? How's it going? And I said, well, you know, we have students who are getting saved. We've, we've seen a ton of kids come. It's, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. But I bought this arcade machine. It just kind of ruined everything. Like, imagine if that was my response. Like, oh, well, everything's cool, but, but the arcade machine. I, I just couldn't get my focus away from the arcade machine. I think if I was to ask you, hey, how is your year going? Or hey, how was 2021? I think what would happen, and we all do it, myself included, we would begin to maybe think of some things that happened in our life to where, oh, well, well I got this job, I, I got in this relationship, this, this happened to me in 2021, so that means that it was a great year. Or on the other side of the spectrum, you would maybe start to think of yourself some things that happened. Well, well, this is how my year ended. I lost my job. I actually got divorced. So, so this is the quality of my year. So my goal today is to give you some tools, to give you some things that I've had to learn in my own life that no matter what happens to you this year, you'll be able to have one of the best years of your life. I truly believe that our years, the quality of our years are not determined by what happens to us, but it determines by the fact that we can turn to a God who is gracious, a God who is kind, a God who is loving, a God who is with us. Come on, that's something to clap about at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And the best story that I could think of to describe this actually comes out of the book of Joshua. And what's pretty much happened in this story is that uh, Moses has led the people through the Red Sea and out of Egypt. So he's led them out and they are now in the wilderness. So they're out of Egypt, the, the Red Seas have split. Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston have sang the, the greatest song on earth and now we have uh, moved on and they are in the wilderness. And what ends up happening is this journey was not supposed to be that long. The journey was actually not supposed to take that long. God actually told them, hey, if you, I, I'm gonna give this land to you if you obey my commands. 
So what would happen is they would be on their way and then the people of Israel would make some decisions that were against God's commands. Like God, God would say, hey, don't worship other gods. So obviously they, they would go and worship other gods and they would do these things that would prolong their journey. And the journey ends up taking so long that now Moses himself has made a decision, has made a mistake. And now he has been told by God, you are now no longer allowed to bring my people into the promised land. And what happens is as they continue on their journey, Moses is no longer allowed to bring them to this land, this land that was supposed to be made for them, this land that God had set aside for them, and now he has been told you no longer can go in. And then he passes away. He dies on the journey. And in Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Jeb wilderness into the south, uh, in the south to the Lebanon mountains, in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all of the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray one more time. God, we thank you that the quality of our years, the quality of our life is not determined by what happens to us. It's not determined by our situation, but it's actually determined by the fact that you are with us, that you are for us, that you have a plan for our life. Remind us of that this morning, God, that, that we don't have to go through the year stumbling. We don't have to go through the year limping. We don't have to go through the year injured, but you can actually heal some things in our life that would have held us back without you. Do what only you can do in our lives. And God, we say a prayer, uh, a special prayer for your team. We prayed this prayer last week at Youth and it worked, so we'll do it again. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, come on, say a prayer for you, God. You, you led us out of Egypt, God. Now lead us into the promised land in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, come on. Thank you for adopting me into the 49er family, by the way. It's a lot of fun when they win, but I don't post as much when they lose, if I can be honest. Um, who in here loves movie spoilers? Loves movie spoilers. Yeah, yeah, these are my people. No one, literally, I love it. I love it. Last, uh, last service, it was only Tyler and Rachel that rose their hand. And I'm like, these are the sheep, these are the flock, this is amazing. Raise your hand if you hate movie spoilers. Yeah, you're with me, hate them. They don't make any sense. I don't understand it. The reason why I think it doesn't make sense is because this is not how the movie was designed to be watched. Like you were not supposed to watch the movie already knowing the end. It takes away what I like to call the shock factor. The whole reason I'm going to the movies is because I don't know what's about to happen and I'd like to find out. I do not want to go to the movies already knowing. So I've had a few times where movies have been spoiled 
in my life. There was one time uh, Grey's Anatomy got spoiled for me and I wasn't even watching a show remotely close to Grey's Anatomy. I was watching The Voice and someone said, oh, this reminds me of when so-and-so dies. And I look at them like, I haven't seen that part yet. Like, what is going on? And, and that happened one more time. Uh, who in here loves Marvel? Make some noise if you love Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, my people. Marvel, I was watching, uh, I was about to watch Avengers Endgame, and I couldn't see it opening weekend, so I had to go the week after, and everyone is talking about it and how there's this part in the end that, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch out for. Things are about to get crazy. Things are about to change in the Marvel Universe, but, and this was before Endgame was about to come out. So I'm on Instagram, and I'm on ESPN's Instagram page, and I'm literally looking at videos of people getting dunked on, just because they're funny to me. I play basketball, and they make me laugh. So I was watching this video, and I go to the comments because the internet is undefeated. It is, so the comments are hilarious every single time. So I'm looking in the comments, expecting people to laugh uh, at the dunk, expecting people to maybe make comments about the dunk, and all throughout the comments, comment after comment after comment. Now, full disclaimer, I'm about to be a hypocrite and spoil Endgame. I'm about to, but it's also been out for like five years, so if you haven't seen it yet, that might be on you. That might not be on me. But what happened is I'm looking in the comments and all I see, comment after comment after comment, Iron Man dies in Endgame, Iron Man dies in Endgame, Iron Man dies in Endgame, Iron Man dies in Endgame. And I'm like, no! And if you hate movie spoilers, which all of us do, there's this point where you're trying to like unsee or unhear information. Like that can't be right. It, it can't be. There's no way all of those people know. There's no way. And what ends up happening is now as I watch the movie, I'm trying to, like I just said, unlearn the information. Like I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that Iron Man dies in Endgame. And then all of a sudden things start to take a turn for the worst. And I'm like, no, 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 there's no way. And then all of a sudden Tom Holland, you know, has, a, has an amazing performance. And I'm like, there's, there's no way. And he's like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden there comes this point where the light turns off and we all cried. And I thought back to that comment and I said, there is a special place for people like that and there's no air conditioning there. This was before I was a pastor. This was before I was a pastor. It was before, now there's grace, mercy, sort of. But the reason why I tell this story is because all of the moments, the shock factor, not knowing what was gonna happen, all of it was gone. There was no redeeming it. There was no getting it back. There was no unlearning the information. And what's happened in this story, something that kind of gets pushed to the side, something that kind of gets moved to the side is that the Israelites have just lost something. Something is now gone. God looks at them and he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Why is this important? Because for the time that they would have came out of Egypt, everyone that would have been a part of the nation of Israel either would have been children coming through the Red Sea or they would have been born after. So what this means is that for their entire lives, the person who they would have followed was Moses. The person who they would have known was Moses. The, the person who they would have went to was Moses. When they were thirsty, they would go to Moses. When they were hungry, they would go to Moses. When they needed a word from God, they would go to Moses. And now Moses was gone. And I have to imagine that they were freaking out. I have to imagine that they were kind of wondering what was gonna happen because the misconception in our lives is that when something begins to transition, when something begins to move, when something begins to maybe leave our lives, we sometimes believe that the anointing, that the, that the promise, that the hope is now walked away with them. Which is why we'll sometimes say statements like, oh, well, I'm nothing now that I lost my job. 
Oh, well, oh, well, well I'm nothing now that, now that my marriage ended. I, I, well, I'm nothing now that, that I, have, I have nothing going for me. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't, this didn't work out the way that I thought that it would. But the first point this morning, we're going to talk about three ways to make this a good year no matter what happens to you. The first point, move forward from what's behind you. You have to move forward from what's behind you. Now, notice that I said move forward, not move on. I think a lot of times our goal is to move on. A lot of time our goal is to numb and to forget and to try to push to the side, but the goal is not to move on. The goal is to move forward. There are some of you in here, something my pastor, when I was in Florida, used to say all the time, you're doing better than you think you are. There are some of you in here and maybe you've had a hard time getting out of bed for weeks. You've been questioning it. You've been wondering, am I even supposed to be here? And yet here you are, whether you're in person or you're sitting up and you're watching church online, can I encourage you? You've made a step forward. There are some of you who you maybe thought you would never step into the church again. You thought that you'd never step into the house of God where people are worshiping, where, where the gospel is being preached, where people are maybe taking steps of faith and joining groups and finding community. And yet here you are. Can I encourage you? You have taken a step forward. There are some of you sitting next to friends. You're sitting next to family members who you thought would never come into a place and yet you kept inviting, you kept pushing, you kept asking, you kept texting. Can I encourage you? You've taken a step forward. And there are some of you who have empty seats next to you and you're still praying. You're still asking. You're still saying, hey, I believe there's going to be a day where this person, where this family member, where my aunt, where my cousin, where my coworker is going to find Jesus. Can I encourage you? You're taking steps forward. And God talks to Joshua and he says this statement. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, therefore, I need you to lead the people forward. Moses is gone. Therefore, Moses is no longer here. Therefore, can I encourage you as people of God, what we have to be able to do is we have to be able to find the therefore in any situation that we're going through. Because if not, you'll spend a lot of time, you'll spend years, you'll spend emotional energy, you'll spend resources, you'll spend a lot of time trying to redeem things that God had been already calling you away from. What will happen is you'll spend time trying to redeem a relationship that you knew was never healthy for you in the first place. You'll spend emotional energy trying to get a job, trying to get a job that you know that you couldn't keep if you kept your character, and yet we still try to redeem these things that God has been trying to lead us away from. There was a picture that went viral a few years ago, and I'd love for you guys to put that picture on the screen. I think that this pictures this perfectly. What's happening is that we have Jesus who has a way bigger teddy bear. He has a huge teddy bear, and he's holding it behind his back. And yet there is a child who says, and he's saying, hey, give me your teddy bear. I have a bigger one for you. And there's a child that says, wait, no, but I love it. But I want it. But, but I want to keep it. You can take the picture down. I think that this perfectly pictures the way that a lot of us maybe are even looking at 2022. Yeah. To where God's saying, hey, I have something better for you. Hey, I have something that's more, that's more fruitful for you. I have something that, that is going to help you get further, faster. And yet what happens is we say things like, well, well but I love it, God. But, but I want to keep it. God, can you do things the way you did before COVID? God, can you, can you just change things back the way you did b before things happened, before the last couple years, before all of these things came to pass? Can I encourage you? We serve a God that says my mercies are what? New every morning. We serve a God that says he has what? New grace, new hope, new mercy, new freedom for you every morning. We do not have to spend time trying to redeem things that God is leading us away from. The first point this morning, you have to move forward from what's behind you. And the second thing comes out of verse three and he says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. 
from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all of the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. A few months ago, I got a call from my mom and she just couldn't stop laughing. She just was laughing the entire time. And I'm like, mom, what, what is so funny? And she, just, she was like, I have to tell you this story. I have to tell you this story. So she calls me and she says, okay, we were at the mall with your niece. Now, something you need to know about my niece is that it is literally her world. We're all just kind of living in it. Like we're all just here and it's, and, it's, and it's her world. And just so you can even get more context, her name is Mercy Liana. Come on, you got, she got some attitude with the name Mercy Liana. She is awesome. And that she was telling me we were at the mall and what was happening was that there were all of these mannequins. And I guess some of the mannequins were kind of like the fashion, like artistic mannequins with like the weird kind of heads. Um, so there's these lines of mannequins with like these weird heads. And then there's some mannequins that have no heads at all. So Mercy starts going up to the mannequins and talking to them because she's about five years old. So she's literally talking to the mannequins as if they were people. And she says, oh my gosh, look at your head. What is wrong with your head? So she starts talking to them and my mom's saying, Mercy, they're not real, like these aren't real people. And she's like, no, 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 but look at their head. And then she gets to the ones with no head and you would think that she would be afraid, you would think that she would cry, you would think that maybe she would maybe run away, but instead she just started praying for them. Like, hey, you know what, God? I believe that you're gonna heal their head. I believe that they will have it. You are the head and not the tail. I believe that you are gonna move forward. God, do what only you can do in their head. And my mom's like, Mercy, they're not real. But I can even see that the reason why she's doing this is because she was taught by my sister, hey, when you pray for things, things can happen. And I can even see maybe if she was a little bit older and she could process her information like, well, well, well no, you, you said. And my sister probably saying, well, well yeah, I said, but you, you can't pray for heads to just come out of mannequins. Like, even if that came true, that's weird. Like, you have to, and she's like, no, but, but you said. But, but you said if, if I prayed and, and it's no, but it's, it's not the same, but, but no, you, you said. And we have this moment in the story. What you need to know about this land is that Joshua would have heard about this land. He would have heard stories of this land. You see, this land, this is not new information. Even the location is not new information. Earlier in the Bible, this land is being promised to Abraham. This land is being promised to Moses. The exact same coordinates are being promised. So Joshua would have heard of this land. Joshua would have also seen this land. There's a story in the Bible where Moses sends out spies and he says, hey, I need you guys to go, go check out the land that God has called for us. And it says that some spies came back and, and what happened? Some of them said, oh, wow, there's people there that look like giants. And yet the other ones, the ones that, that Joshua would have been included and in, would have said, hey, but no, the, the land is good. The land is fruitful. So Joshua would have seen this land. I truly believe Joshua would have dreamed about this land. He would have thought about this land. They are journeying for years and years and years and years going to this land. And I can't help but wonder if he thinks that this is just going to be another empty promise. Well, God, you, you said you were going to take Moses to this land, and, and now you didn't. But, but, but God, you said, so how do I know what's going to happen now? I think there are some of us in here, you're discouraged. And you're wondering and you're questioning God for maybe because you lost some things. But I think that there's other people who are questioning God because of things that they thought were going to happen that didn't. Things that you prayed for. 
things that you asked God for, things that you believed were gonna happen. And I think that if you were to play the soundtrack of our emotions, if you were to play the soundtrack of our mind, the ways that we sometimes think to God, because we would never say them out loud, right? But it was things that we would think to God. I think that a lot of us, it would come down to, well, you said, but, but well, you said this, this was the year for my marriage. But, but wait, hold, God, I prayed and, and I thought you said that this was my year for healing. I, I, I thought you said that, that this was the year that I was gonna get this job. And we begin to get discouraged. We begin to get worried. We begin to sometimes even stop following Jesus because why, why would I follow a God that, that says that he's going to do things, but he doesn't? Why would I change my habits? Why would I give my resources? Why, why would I do all of these things? Why would I turn my life around if, if I'm just going to pray for things and pray for things and pray for things, but they aren't going to actually happen? I did a case study while I was in college, and what had happened was we pretty much studied why people were leaving Christianity. Now, every person that we studied didn't just leave the church. They actually just left Christianity. So they left Christianity and they, and they went to other religions. So we did a case study. I went to a Christian college and we, we studied, okay, why, why did this happen? And what we found was there were two reasons that just showed above everything else. And the first one was people think Christianity is really hard. That was honestly one of the main answers. That was the first thing we saw was a lot of times people leave Christianity because they feel like it's just a, it's just a little bit too hard. I just have to change my habits too much. I just, I, I'm kind of set in my ways. I, I like the way that I'm living life. I like the way that I get money. I like the way that I can do whatever I want and live freely. It's, I, don't, I don't really need Christianity. That was kind of the first one. But the second one that was interesting to me was that the reason why a lot of people left was because they felt that God always breaks his promises, that they had prayed for things and they never happened, that they had prayed for things and, and they just didn't come to pass. This is one of the main reasons why people will walk away from God, while they'll turn away from God, while they'll go to other, even other religions, just because this, this just isn't a God that I can trust. This just isn't a God that, that I believe in anymore. This, you, you, God, you said. But my second point, the second thing that we have to do in order to make this a good year, no matter what happens to us, we have to remember the hope of the promise. We have to remember the hope of the promise. I think the confusion comes in when we begin to try to figure things out for ourselves. Well, well why? Well, well, what? Well, how? Well, when? When, when are all these things going to happen? But what are we required to do from God? All we are required to do is to remember what he said. All we are required to do is to remember his promise. Remember there's hope. Remember there's freedom. I find it interesting that the first thing that God speaks to Joshua is he sees that Joshua is upset, as he sees that Joshua is discouraged, that, that he doesn't really know what's going on. How do we know this? Four times God says, hey, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous, meaning that Joshua is probably afraid, wasn't going to be strong and courageous. And what does God do to encourage him? What does God do to fire him up? What does God do to get him uh, egged on? What does he do? He says, remember what I said. And he begins to remind him. What does he say? He says, hey, I promise you as I promised Moses. He says, hey, hey, remember the promise. Remember where you're going. Remember as you're going forward. And I can see Joshua beginning to get a little pep in his step. He, he just starts to get a little bit more faith. Like, oh, wait, you did promise Moses. Not only did you promise Moses, but, but you also promised Abraham. Not only did you promise Abraham, but you promised my ancestors. But, but you also promised, yeah, I saw the land. I believe that the land is ours. Can I encourage you what will fill you with faith more than anything? What will fill you with faith? What will fill you with hope for this year? It's not going to be finalizing your five-year plan. It's not going to be getting that promotion. It's not going to be finding a boo thing. What's going to do? What is it going to be? What is going to help you out? It's going to be, can you remember what God said? Yeah. 
Can you remember the promise? Come on, we can clap for that this morning. You serve a God who has given us an entire book of what he said, something we say here that I love. If you want to hear God speak, read the Bible out loud. If you want to hear God speak, look into his word. Can I encourage you? What you have to do is you have to be able to find promises and stand on them. You have to be able to remember what God said. God doesn't say, hey, I'm going to increase your army. He doesn't even say, hey, you know what, Joshua, you're a little afraid. I'm going to speed up the process because when does God ever do that? Am I right? But what does he say? He says, remember what I said. Remember what I said. And as we continue to or begin to close, something else I wrote down, the process cannot allow you to be discouraged from the promise. The process cannot allow you to be discouraged from what God has for you. It cannot allow you to think, oh, because the process is longer than I thought, because it's harder than I thought, because it takes more time than I thought that I no longer can be who God's called me to be. But what I love about our God is that promises don't end. They continue. And he says, hey, I know that it's been a while. I know it's been a lot of years that even your ancestors heard about this land and they didn't get to see it. But now you were built for a time like this. You were created and I'm calling you forward. And as I invite the keys up, the last point that we have this morning. He says, be strong and courageous. Out of verse six, he says, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, We've been in a series uh, in our youth ministry called Let's Talk About It. And we've been talking about mental health. We've been talking about anxiety. And tonight we're going to even talk about anger and frustration. We're going to talk about depression and all these different things that I truly do believe is skyrocketing in our city, things that students are dealing with. And next week at our youth invite night at 6 p.m. right here, we're even going to bring in a professional mental health and uh, a professional marriage and family therapist. And we're going to do a Q&A and students have been sending in questions. They've been saying things that, that they need help with. And I've been pretty open and transparent about my struggles with anxiety. A few years ago, I I had struggled with anxiety pretty bad to the point that I wasn't sleeping, to the point that I was getting maybe two hours of sleep. I couldn't work, I couldn't focus, I couldn't do anything, so I went and sought counseling. Can I encourage you, I didn't say this in the first service, but counseling for some reason has turned into this thing that it it, it feels weird to say that you go to counseling or, or it feels like something that has a negative connotation on it. Can I encourage you, counseling's actually healthy to talk to a professional when you're sick where do you go to a doctor that's not weird so if you're feeling like something's going on in your heart if you feel like something's going on in your mind it's not weird to talk about a professional i feel like that's for someone in here it's okay to book the session it's okay to show up it's okay to get help so i went to a counselor and his methods were were a little bit different if i can be honest but i understood the heart of it and i began to talk to him and i said hey i'm really struggling with anxiety and he said, okay, well, well, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm just really afraid that, that this is gonna happen. And he starts writing things down and he goes, okay. 
it might. And I'm like, all right, I gave him a pass. I'm gonna be honest, I gave him one pass. I was like, all right, all right, okay. Um, he's just getting warmed up, you know, didn't do his counseling stretches. Uh, so we continue on and he says, okay, well, well, what else is going on in your life? And I said, well, I'm just really nervous that, that this is gonna happen and it, and it makes me anxious and I can't sleep. And he goes, okay, it could. I'm like, all right, how much am I paying you? Like, how much an hour is this? And not only that, but where did you go to school? Because I'm signing up. This is this is phenomenal work. Because um, I'm paying you a lot right now. And what he began to unpack, what he began to say was that a lot of times what anxiety is, and I said this to our students last week, anxiety a lot of times is just a fight for control. It's a fight for, oh, well, I don't really want this to happen. How can I figure out how this isn't going to happen? How can, I, how can I maybe make this not happen? And what happens in our life is that if I can't find control in my life, if I can't find control in my relationship with God, if I can't find control in my marriage, well, then what I'll do is I'll begin to run to things to where I can find control. And what'll happen is you'll hear people say things like, oh, well, well why'd you go out this weekend? I thought you were kind of maybe turning a different path. Oh, well, well, I just needed to not think about it. What are we saying? I, I just wanted control. Why did you make that decision? Aren't you married? Why, why are you Why are you maybe letting this relationship go further than it should? Well, well, well you don't know what's going on at home. What are we saying? Well, well, I just needed to be in control. There are actually studies that show why people stay in abusive relationships. And it's because, well, at least I know what's gonna happen next. At least there are things that I can somewhat control. And yet what we find in our life is that time and time again, we are gonna be met with situations that we have little, that we have no, that we have zero control. And the problem with those methods, if I can be realistic with you and honest with you, I know I'm, I'm just the youth pastor, but what I've seen in my life is that a lot of these methods are just temporary. That at some point, the party ends. At some point, you're gonna feel as if you have no control. And this is exactly how Joshua feels. He, he feels as if everything is spinning, as if everything's going around. What, what the story says is that he was Moses' servant, or he was Moses' assistant, which means that he would have spent time with Moses. He would have been with Moses. He would have, he would have probably loved Moses. Moses would have been one of his friends, and now Moses is gone. That is completely out of his control. The people of Israel prolonging the journey. I can even see Joshua maybe telling them, hey, this isn't worth it. Hey, we have better for us than behind us. Hey, hey, why are you always grumbling? Why are you always so angry? Why are you making poor decisions? And yet they still kept doing it time and time again. It was completely out of his control. Joshua being picked to have to step into a promotion that he honestly probably might not have even wanted. I bet you he wanted it to go the old way. Oh, why don't you just bring Moses? Well, why don't you just have Moses do this? I'm confused on your methods, God. This is completely out of his control. And yet God looks at him and what does he say? He says, hey, I know that things are going crazy right now. I know that things feel as if they're out of your control. I know that things seem as if, as if the world is just spinning and you have no idea what's gonna happen next. But what I need from you, what I need you to do is I need you to realize that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard things might get, there are things that I've placed in your hand and what I need you to do is steward them. I need you to take care of them. I need you to be faithful with them because those are things that you can control. Those are things that you can actually take care of. Those are things that I need you to steward, your marriage, your friendships, your relationships, your work. I need you to steward these things. Although life may be going crazy, there are things that I've placed in your hand that I need you to take control of. Our last point 
The last thing we have to do, point number three, how can we make this a year that is great no matter what happens to us? Steward what's in your hand. Steward what's in your hand. That's all you can do. If I can be completely honest with you, that's all that you have is what's in your hand. How many times in 2021 did we spend energy? Did we spend resources? Did we maybe even spend money trying to fix things that were out of our control? How many times have we walked away from God, turned away from God and said, God, this isn't even worth it anymore. Why? Because things are out of my control. And yet, what does God say to us? He says, hey, no matter what you're going through, I'll never put anything further than you can bear. I'll never put you in a situation that is further than you can bear. What does that mean? No matter what situation I am in, there are always things that I can control. There are always things that I can take care of. There are always things that I can steward. There are always things that I can walk with. There are always things that that I can deal with. And I wrote down, I didn't send them in, so forgive me, but I wrote down three things that you can always control. No matter what you're going through, you can always control these these three things. Even when you're at your emptiness, even when you're at your lowest, even when things feel as if they're not going to work out. There are three things I truly believe from the story you can always control. And the first one, something I wrote down, you might not be able to control everything, but you can always control something. You might not be able to control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond to it. And the first thing God says, be strong and courageous. He says, be strong and courageous. What does this mean? What's something I can control? My attitude. I can always control my attitude. I can always control my response. He says, be strong and courageous. What does this show me? Being fearful is an emotion. Being strong is a choice. Being fearful is an emotion. I can't control if I am afraid. I can't control if I have anxiety. I can't control if I'm nervous for what is to come. But what can I control? Be strong and courageous. God says this three times to Joshua. He continues to say this. What does this mean? That means that he said it the first time. Joshua heard the promise and he probably started taking steps backward. Hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Okay, God, I I think I can do that. I think I can take a step forward. Okay, I'm going to lead you into this land. You're going to see what's going on. It's this land right now. It's occupied. Wait, 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 hold up. Are you sure? Are you sure it's me? Are you sure? Yes, yes, yes. Be strong and courageous. I promise you, as I promised Moses, the things that Moses was supposed to do that I could no longer allow him to do, you're now going to do it. You're going to step into it. I have a promise for you. Wait, 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 God. Couldn't you just do it the other way? Couldn't you just make this easier? Be strong and courageous. What can I always control? I can always control my attitude. I can always control my positivity. I can always speak truth over my life and say, you know what, God, I know that things are hard. I know that things aren't working. I know that I'm I'm maybe in a rough patch right now, but I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to stay courageous. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to still do what you have called me to do. My attitude is the first thing that we can control. And the second thing, he says, be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. What's the second thing that I can control? I can always control my character. I've said this before, but a lot of times in our world, in our culture, we are taught that you should sacrifice your character for money, for fame, for all of these things, when in actuality, what we should have been taught is that all of those things mean nothing if you don't have character. All of those things mean nothing if you don't have integrity. Something I said last service was, if God was to answer all of your prayers, if you were to get that job, if you were to get that promotion, if you were to get that marriage, would you even have the character enough to sustain it? 
Would you even have the character enough to walk with it? Would you even have the character enough to steward it? Would you be able to walk in a marriage that God has given you? Would you be able to walk into a job that God has given you? What is something you can always control? Your character. Promotion does not bring you character. It actually exposes the character that was already there. So you have to ask yourself, if God was to give me everything I prayed for, could I even handle it? Would I even be able to walk with it? Would I even be able to to maybe steward it with the right habits and with the right motives and with the right integrity? The second thing you can always control is your character. And the last thing, he says, meditate on my word day and night. So what else can I control? The last thing, I can always control my habits. Something I ask myself, Something I ask myself is, do I have the habits of someone who's where I want to be in life? Do I read my Bible like someone who's the Christian I want to be? Do I love my wife like someone who's the husband I want to be? Do I take care of my family like someone who's the provider that I want to be? Do I walk through life with the correct habits? If I can encourage you anything, the most practical thing of this entire message is to maybe look at your habits and see where you can take a step forward. So maybe you're someone who's like, I read my Bible every morning. I pray every day. What if you just added five more minutes to it? What if you pray for five minutes and instead you pray for 10? Where can I increase my habits? God says, meditate on my word day and night. What is he saying? Check your habits. How do you wake up? How do you go to sleep? What's the first thing you turn to? What's the last thing you listen to? How can I change my habits? And I truly do believe that if we do this, then even when storms come, when things happen in our life that we're not in control of, when things happen in our life that we're not aware of, that we're like, how do I get through this? There are gonna be ways that we can still have a year that is fruitful, ways that we can still have a year that is amazing, ways that we can still have a year where we, where we step into what God has called us to be. And how do we do that? We have to move forward from what's behind us. We have to keep our hope on the promise and we have to steward what's in our hand. Come on, let's stand to our feet as we begin to close. And we ask a question every single week here at Mission Church. And the question is, if you want to give your heart to Jesus at our youth ministry, we say that this means two things. The first thing we say that this means is that it means, Jesus, I want you in my heart. Something Pastor Tyler says that I love is he says, maybe you need some heart surgery done today. Maybe there's some things happening. There's some things in your heart that you need Jesus to take care of. Can I encourage you? The reason why Christianity might seem hard is because you're trying to be the Savior. But what I love about our God is that he sent a Savior. He didn't call us to be one. So if you're in here and you've been trying to be the Savior, you've been trying to be the Savior of your marriage, Savior of your life, Savior of your character, Savior of your workplace, can I encourage you to take a back seat and let God take you where he wants you to go? And if that's, and the second thing we say is you want God to be a part of your life. There's some habits, there's some things that you're doing in your life that you, that you maybe need God to take a step in and you want to be able to walk through things differently. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you your story. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I would love for you to just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I'd love for you to raise your hand. One, two, three. It's awesome. God, I thank you for every single hand that was raised. I thank you, God, that your word says that the old has passed away and that the new has come. And I thank you, God, that what you were doing is you were renewing us day by day. God, I pray over every single person in here. God, help us to have a good year no matter what happens to us. I thank you, God. Circumstances don't define our year. Situations don't define our year. Finances don't define our year. Relationships don't define our year. But God, you do. And if you're still on the throne, if you're still working, if you're still moving in our lives, and it can be the best year of our lives, help us to be reminded of that. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. 
If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you.